Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Welcome to the Daily Dive Weekend Edition. I'm Oscar Ramirez, and every week I explore the top stories making waves in the news and some that are just plain interesting. I'll connect you with the journalists and the people who know the story and bring you news without the noise so you can make an informed decision. You can catch a new episode of The Daily Dive every Monday through Friday, and it's ready when you wake up. On the weekend edition, I'll be bringing you some of the best stories from the week. This week in medical news, two HIV patients have joined a very small group who seem to have beaten the virus. A 66-year-old man who received a transplant of stem cells with a genetic mutation that blocks HIV has no virus in his body and a woman in her 70s that was treated with retroviral drugs and immune-boosting therapies is functionally cured. Researchers are hoping that these cases will provide clues to a possible cure in the future. For more on all this, we'll speak to Betsy McKay, senior writer at The Wall Street Journal. These are not the first people to either be potentially cured or what's called functionally cured. You know, HIV is not a threat to them anymore. They're not the first, but there are actually so few people who have achieved this, that every new case is interesting. These two new cases are actually quite different. The 66-year-old man in the LA, Los Angeles area, had leukemia and received a stem cell transplant from a donor who had a mutation, a genetic mutation, which makes that donor resistant, naturally resistant to HIV. So this man received that stem cell transplant. Um, He received that three and a half years ago, and now he has been off of his HIV drugs since March 2021, so about 17 months, and that, that's um, a, no sign of HIV. That's actually one of the methods we've seen fairly recently when we got news of this, these stem cell transplants that has to be done uh, you know, with people that have uh, leukemia or some other type of blood cancer, and these are risky procedures. So they're kind of limiting in the overall treatment of HIV. But this other case of this uh, woman in her 70s in Spain, that one might be a little more interesting and could lead to some clues for maybe how to treat it. She went through a, a series of antiviral drugs and also immune boosting drugs, and they think that something in her immune cells might have helped her on this one. She is not completely cured like this man may be. A stem cell transplant basically, you know, replaces your immune system and so gives you the possibility of totally clearing HIV out of your system. She has been off of HIV drugs for more than 15 years, hasn't had a, she still has HIV kind of in hidden cells in her body. 
but it it hasn't come back. So that's what's called a functional cure. It's still there, but it's not doing anything to you. And so that's interesting to researchers because it's not a costly or risky procedure. I mean, stem cell transplant costs hundreds of thousands of dollars, and there's a real, you know, a risk to it that it might not work. There's a mortality risk. So it's really only appropriate for people with blood cancers. The partial functional cure that the woman has is something that scientists want to study and see if it leads to a treatment that could be more widely used. Right. Yeah, there's, uh, I guess they said that, you know, a lot of the drugs that they use don't really attack a lot of this part of this latency process where HIV becomes latent in these immune cells and everything. And this is part of what they want to look into. They're also saying that some of these new gene editing methods that are emerging could one day be able to help with some of this stuff too. Maybe you can uh, get these genes that are immune to HIV and give that to a person. That's still a little very far off, but this is kind of where the field is looking for, for some improvements. Right. There are companies actively looking at that. I mean, each of this small number of patients who have been potentially cured, or they, they call it remission, like with cancer, it's in right. remission because, you know, HIV kind of surprises everybody. It's a very difficult virus. But each of these is a case for scientists to study and try to extrapolate and develop potential cures from using the same mechanisms. So there are companies that are working on and researchers working on gene therapies that would imitate basically this process that right now is, is costly and risky. So, it, you know, it's still years ahead. There was another piece of research released today, which identified how HIV hides in the body. And that's really important because it will help researchers move forward in figuring out ways to flush the virus out of its hiding spots in your body and get it out of your system. So that's a major advance too. The field of HIV cure science is really moving ahead at a good pace. Well, good news for now on uh, these two cases, and hopefully it does inform, you know, new treatments, anything that we can do to get this under control would be great. Betsy McKay, senior writer at The Wall Street Journal, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Very soon, we'll see the new battleground for fast food restaurants, chicken nuggets. KFC will be testing new nuggets that could replace their popcorn chicken, and Boston Market has rolled out their first nuggets and they're roasted instead of being fried. The industry is looking to boost profits by targeting younger Gen Z customers who love their chicky nuggies. For more on the chicken nugget wars, we'll speak to Jennifer Kingston, chief correspondent at Axios. I think we're looking at the summer of the nugget, Oscar. <laughs> KFC really started things off this year big time by testing new chicken nuggets in Charlotte, North Carolina. They are calling their launch a really big deal. They are aiming to bring out in force uh, replacing popcorn chicken potentially. And this is a year after Popeye's did a big rollout of nuggets. It's really setting up exactly what you said, a rematch of the chicken sandwich wars of 2019 that caused hysteria, uh, viral media hits everywhere with people rushing from store to store to try to find these things. And of course, chicken nuggets we know are a, a cultural touchstone to anyone under 40, really, who grew up eating them at home for lunch every day. So we know that, that younger people all love to pop nuggets. Totally. The dino nuggets. The dino nuggets were so huge. And part of this motivation for kids 
KFC, right? They want to attract the younger crowd, but you know, they want to introduce them to the KFC's original Colonel Sanders recipe, which I'm just a fan of a lot of different foods, but I do love KFC and that particular flavor that they have. If they're going to put that in a chicken nugget, man, that already sounds super delicious to me. But, uh, you know, and a lot of people, one of the things that they really make of is that they say that the younger crowd just really isn't into eating chicken on the bone. They've seen this in uh, whether it is surveys or, or whatnot. They're not really into it. They want that finger food, that quick thing. It's probably less greasy, right, if it's not on the bone. But that's one of the biggest drivers of this. One thing I'm hearing is that the pandemic has uh, made us all really accustomed to snacking a lot throughout the day, grazing and finding things that we can just uh, pop into our mouths without having to resort to the inconvenience of knives and forks. Interestingly, this round of chicken nugget introductions, which has everyone from Boston Market saying that they have a roasted nugget, the alternative meat companies like Beyond Meat and Impossible are coming out with vegan uh, plant-based chicken nuggets and so forth. Flavor is the new key. People are seeking different twists on the the traditional diehard nugget. Spicy ones like uh, ghost pepper flavor are getting to be popular. Those are being introduced by Burger King, Wendy's. We're seeing a new flavor profile looking for ethnic flavors like Thai dipping sauce and other things. It's not necessarily the standard nugget that's being, that's the competition ground these days. Where does McDonald's feature into this? Because they're kind of the unofficial king of the chicken nugget, I would have to say. I mean, they've been doing it for so long. That barbecue sauce they use, that combo is just so good right there. What are they doing to change the game? Yeah, there's an interesting history behind that. People may not know that the nugget was created basically in the early 1960s by a poultry scientist at Cornell University who invented the chicken crispy by mixing chicken with salt and vinegar and putting it on a stick. McDonald's kind of seized on this later on as part of their stealth campaign against KFC and introduced the iconic McNugget in 1981. Lately, their contribution has been to bring back spicy chicken McNuggets for a limited time. But remember back in 2018 when they introduced a Szechuan sauce, riots broke out when there were shortages. (laughs) So there's a lot of potential mania ahead. Definitely. I mean, they even wrote the Szechuan sauce into episodes of the cartoon Rick and Morty that was on Cartoon Network and all that. And that caused the fur, too. They thought they were going to bring it back. All sorts of stuff. You know, I mean, it just all sounds very delicious. I've had all the ones that are on the market right now. I think I pretty much have personally had. So I'm excited for the new ones coming on board. And it just makes good sense to bet on chicken right now. The business continues to grow. Uh, I think it's growing at nearly 5% a year, the chicken market. And it's coming at a weird time, too, because chicken is so much more expensive right now because of inflation, but it's still a good bet for a lot of these places. Yeah, yeah. Despite the price uh, fluctuations and increases, there's just so much demand for chicken for health reasons, people uh, trying to eat less red meat and so forth. Look ahead for creative ways to use the nuggets. You know, McDonald's for a while was selling them underneath its cheeseburgers and a sandwich. People are looking at them as pizza toppings in place of French fries under poutine. I think it'll be a cool time for nuggets in general. All right. Well, keep an eye out at your local fast food spot. Something new could be on the way. Jennifer Kingston, chief correspondent at Axios. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Oscar. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Finally for this week, Beyond Meat has a pepperoni problem. It currently has a deal to bring its alt meat to KFC, Taco Bell, and Pizza Hut, but more than a year into its partnership, it's struggling to deliver on the new products. When it comes to the pepperoni, only a small test has been done at select Pizza Hut locations because they kept hitting speed bumps along the way. The fake pepperoni links are formed at a Pennsylvania plant, flown to Europe to be cooked and sliced, then flown back to the States. For more on Beyond Meat struggles, we'll speak to Dina Shanker, food reporter at Bloomberg News. So basically, uh, Beyond Meat uh, was the first mover in this category, uh, Beyond and Impossible, really uh, were the ones to come out uh, in front of consumers and say, we're not only going to make something that uh, is better for the environment and is meat-like, but it's going to taste just like meat, and we're going to make sure everyone can get it, and we're going to make it available everywhere. And fast food has always been a really big part of the strategy, uh, and they've both made big headlines with partnerships. Right. Uh, the Impossible Whopper at Burger King was a huge milestone, as was the Beyond Meat announcement that they were partnering with Yum! Brands. And uh, the Yum! Brands partnership was also particularly exciting because it meant uh, that Beyond was going to move away from just doing burgers and sausages, even though they didn't announce right away what their plans for each of their restaurant companies was going to be. It seemed pretty clear that uh, Pizza Hut was not going to start serving Beyond Burgers. So fast forward um, from February 2021, when they made that announcement to today, um, almost 18 months later, and we don't have a single permanent menu item at any U.S. Yum! brand restaurant. Yeah. And, and real, so, quick, real quick, when we're talking yeah. about Yum! brands, we're talking about Pizza Hut, we're talking about KFC, we're talking about Taco Bell, and they were developing different things for each one of those, and none of them have really been taken off. That's right. And I, the most successful uh, one that they've had so far has actually been with KFC, they did a couple small trials uh, pre-COVID um, with their Beyond Fried Chicken, and by all accounts, those trials went really well. Um, then they were supposed to do um, a larger uh, national uh, product rollout. That got bumped. Um, it got delayed because of problems that Beyond was having in making the Beyond Fried Chicken. And uh, when it finally launched uh, in January, they did a limited time offer of Beyond Fried Chicken. It was national, available everywhere. Um, But the company didn't supply as much as they were supposed to for KFC. So uh, that was, you know, should have been a great moment for Beyond Meat, but actually um, there was some disappointment certainly woven in there. In reading through some of your reporting here and a lot of the people that you spoke to who have intimate knowledge of what's going on behind the scenes and all this and, you know, former employees, current employees, whatever it may be, it seems like Beyond Meat always had this really great 
thing for big ideas, but really not much idea on how to execute them and at scale when you need to do it in these fast food businesses. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, Beyond uh, is led by Ethan Brown, who is regularly referred to as a visionary. And really, he did see something um, in terms of making uh, products from plants that mimic meat extremely closely. Um, but he just has not been able to lead the company in a way that gives them that execution prowess where they um, have a prototype one day and then they have a nationally available product or even a regionally available product uh, shortly thereafter. They really do have an execution problem and um, they've talked about it publicly with their jerky that they made with Pepsi. So this is not limited to Yum! brands. Um, We saw that they had a similar uh, execution problem with their retail chicken, which we wrote about uh, last fall. So this is really just uh, an ongoing issue for them. Okay, let's focus a little bit more on the pepperoni because I'm reading through some of this stuff and it's blowing my mind how difficult it seems that they're making it, right? Okay, so tell us how they put it together. (laughs) They start off with the, you know, little salami-like links. They call them chubs, funny little name. But they make those in Pennsylvania. Then they ship them overseas to Europe to be sliced and cut. Then they bring them back. And it's like, why are you doing so much to this thing when it, it seems like it should be a lot easier to produce? One of the hallmarks of Beyond's production is that they use plants in a number of locations to make a single product. And this is true of pretty much everything that they make. So it's true with their burgers. It's true with their sausages. And they've gotten, by all accounts, reasonably good at making those products. Um, But uh, with their pepperoni, they were making them um, into the chubs in the Pennsylvania plant. Uh, But then pepperoni has to be sliced and cooked. Uh, And so their machinery for the slicing uh, was all the way in their Europe facility. So rather than find a closer facility that had similar machinery, um, and don't forget the United States has a $46 billion pizza industry. So there are plenty of places that are making pepperoni here in the U.S. They flew their pepperoni uh, chubs uh, which, keep in mind, have to be kept at a you know certain temperature for food safety reasons. They flew this out to Europe, and then they sliced it and cooked it, and then they flew it back. And uh, one thing that I heard from a number of people, and uh, seems to be an ongoing problem, is that they could never figure out whether they should be slicing first or cooking first. And <laughs> right. so just, like, the whole thing, they just um, have not... Uh, pinpointed uh, commercial process, or at least they hadn't by uh, April 2022, which is my most recent information. And um, it just makes production extremely complicated and extremely expensive. And on the face of it, I mean, I don't know their internal business dealings, the contracts that they have and, you know, uh, with their European partners and all that. But on the face of it, I mean, that right there sounds like a problem with being able to scale up production, having to do this back and forth overseas, no less, right? I mean, that's really, really tough right there. And and as you mentioned, they have complex machinery that works for all of this stuff. You know, when you're talking about their beef products and their chicken products, you know, one machine does this, one machine does that. It makes it really, really difficult to to scale that up and, and keep up with the demand on all of this stuff. And one of the other things that they've been having a problem with, unfortunately, when it comes to the pepperoni, and this is not what you want to hear, 
taste and price. They've been, you know, not it's not just Pizza Hut. They've shopped it around to some other places as well. And they're saying it's just not tasting the right way for us or it's too expensive still. They have really invested a lot of money and time into making this pepperoni. And unfortunately, they don't even have a good product to show. And that's just, that's not my opinion. I haven't seen the product. I haven't tried the product. That's the opinion of the uh, businesses that they've tried to sell it to. Right, right, exactly. It seems that they've had some uh, success which with their sausage crumbles for the pizza market, at least. You know, we know that they've done the meat stuff right. It's all the other new products that they're trying to bring on board. And one of the uh, things that really struck me, right, and all, all the people that you're sp- uh, speaking to for this, he's a uh, managing director for a restaurant consultancy. He said, with all this inflation driving up food costs around the board, consumers are less likely to pay for a premium for what is ultimately a substitution product. And, and that's that rings so true, right? They're trying to break through and expose people to more things, these alternatives, but it really is an alternative to something that most people are seeing the prices go up, but it's still cheaper than, than these. It, that's a very tough place to be in. Yeah, I mean, it's hard enough to convince somebody to swap out their favorite pizza topping for a substitute. But now you're asking someone also not only to swap out their favorite pizza toppings for a substitute, but to pay for extra for the privilege of doing it. So it it becomes a, a harder sell for sure. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, when you're talking about some of these expensive machinery that they need, all that stuff, those things can cost anywhere from $200,000 to $2 million, depending on what they need. It's a it's a pretty interesting uh, thing that they're that they're going through. I support these these guys, uh, Beyond Meat and Impossible and all the other ones. And I like tasting them when they hit the market at these fast food restaurants. I, I go out and try it right away. But yeah, they have to really nail down how to Make it taste good. Obviously, that's the the chief thing, and then building it at scale. That's that's important to meet all the demand. So we'll keep an eye out for all of that. Dina Shaker, food reporter at Bloomberg News. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me. That's it for this weekend. Be sure to check out the Daily Dive every Monday through Friday. Join us on social media at Daily Dive Pod on Twitter and Daily Dive Podcast on Facebook. Leave us a comment. Give us a rating and tell us the stories that you're interested in. Follow The Daily Dive on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you get your podcast. This episode of The Daily Dive has been engineered by Tony Sorrentino. I'm Oscar Ramirez in Los Angeles, and this was your Daily Dive Weekend Edition. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.